What's going on, everybody? This is Heath with Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. And I want to take a second to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you're listening tonight, Thursday night, or even during the week, we want to thank everybody. Please, please email us your questions or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, Heath Tillman or Stephen Tillman. You can email us at TillmansCornerSportsTalk at gmail.com. You can go to the links in our bios on Facebook or Instagram. Like I said, Heath Tillman or Stephen Tillman, it'll take you straight to the website where you can ask us questions or uh, just easily listen to the episode. But tonight we got a quick episode. We're going to be hitting on three topics. We're going to be talking about baseball, a little NIL, college football. And then the final topic I think was going to be really fun. Me and Steven talked about doing it. It's going to be the top five quarterbacks of the Saban air. So top five quarterbacks of the Saban air. I think it'll be really fun, but what's going on, Steven? Hey, I'm doing good. Other than, you know, we were just watching the Alabama softball team. They're losing three to nothing in the top of the seventh. So hopefully they don't fall apart at the end of the year. We've been bragging on them uh, several episodes, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we've been bragging on them all year, and we were just watching before they came. They're down three nothing, and I think you're going to be keeping up with the score. We'll probably give you a final by the time this episode ends. They're down three to nothing, second round of the SEC tournament. But uh, don't worry, they should still make the NCAA tournament. Hopefully they host and have a regional. But we're going to get into our hot topic of the night. Tom Brady. Everybody that's listening probably knows who Tom Brady is. A lot of people say he's the GOAT of the NFL. Depends on who you talk to. Depends on who you talk to, absolutely. (laughs) But a lot of people say he's the GOAT. It broke sometime this week. I think it was Tuesday. Tom Brady has signed a deal with Fox to be their lead analyst on NFL football games. He signed a 10-year, $375 million contract to start with them after he retires. What's your thoughts? It's pretty insane considering he hasn't even made that much money in his entire NFL career and he's been playing for 100 years. Uh, Absolutely insane. That's just, it's nuts. And he's not even, I mean, he signs a deal that could be like two years from now. I don't know. He might, was he, he wants to play until he's 45. How old is he? 43? He's 44. Oh, is he 44? Yeah. So at least one more year. He might try to go, knowing him, I mean, you know, he could retire and then pull another Brett Favre and play for another three years or four years uh i don't know that's an insane amount of money you know i wouldn't mind you know like a small little i, I would take a hundredth one hundredth of that <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's insane you know i hear a lot of people complain about these athletes get paid too much but this guy is literally getting paid 375 million dollars to commentate these games when he didn't even make that much over what it's to be his like twenty second, twenty second, I think. Yeah, twenty second, twenty third season. Yeah, because he came in the NFL at twenty two. He'll be forty five this year. So his twenty third season in the NFL, and he hasn't even made this much money. But he can go be a analyst for just, ten years, which just, I think he'll do a really good job because he knows the games so well. Yeah, yeah. Just just talking about the game. I wonder because Romo does a really good job. I wonder how much he makes. I should look that up. Romo makes ten. Does he? I think he makes ten. So yeah, he only makes ten million a year. He only makes ten million, and I, I, think, I think so. I think Romo's one of the best. I like I like listening to him. And he gets him and Jim Nance kind of get on my nerves sometimes. Really? But I the like guys it. who are leaving Fox are going to ESPN to do Monday Night Football. Uh, what's true. his name? The old Cowboys um, quarterback, Troy, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, yeah. He so yeah. Sorry, we got off a little little got off topic there. But another thing we don't. It's not in our notes, but we're gonna hit on it. It just broke two hours before. Oh, what do you, I mean, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Alabama receiver, former Alabama receiver. He plays for the Denver Broncos. He got arrested this afternoon, and very weird arrest. He got arrested for a domestic violence. He didn't do domestic violence. It was domestic violence. It was worded weird. It was like domestic violence. I can't remember, but I know one of them was second-degree criminal tampering. Yeah, yeah. Which, from what I Googled, is like, it sounds like maybe he messed up somebody's car or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, from from what I can tell in the little research I've done over these last two hours, I think what happened was, I just say his buddy did domestic violence against somebody. He may have done something to that person's yard or a vehicle or something. You know, it's a, it's a misdemeanor, so it's not a felony, which is good. But, you know, it's not a good track record for the three receivers that got drafted a couple years ago. Henry Ruggs, we already hit on it. DUI, unfortunately, he you know he killed somebody. Yeah. That's terrible. He's in jail. And then Jerry Judy, he's right now just got arrested. 
Who's the other one? Um, I think it's just been two of them, right? Henry Rose, Jerry Smith, Judy. Hatman, and oh, yeah, no, no. Devontae Smith, no, no. Okay. So, it's just them two. So, you know. I don't just, get it. That's like, if I made millions of dollars, if, which that's not going to happen to me playing football, but, you know, I feel like I would hire somebody. Even if you paid them two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 a year, I would hire somebody to literally go everywhere I go and make sure I don't get into trouble. Because, you know, you could ruin yeah. your whole career um, over – Something stupid. Now, I'm not saying his career is ruined because, like you said, it's, you know, guys, guys have done worse and they're yeah. still on the field playing. <laughs> but it's still like, just, man, act right. I mean, stay out of trouble. Yeah, that's our message from Tim's Corner Sports Talk. Stay out of trouble. Don't do drugs. Stay in Don't school. do drugs. Be a law abiding citizen. <laughs> stay in school. Absolutely. We're going to roll into our first topic of the night. We're going to be talking about a little baseball. We don't really hit on baseball a lot. But we're going to hit on it tonight. We're going to talk about the Braves. They're kind of our local team down here. I know everybody's a lot of fans. I'm a huge fan. They won the World Series last year. They got off to, right now, they're on they're 15 and 17. So there's not the season's almost a quarter through the way. Uh, what do you think about the Braves? Well, they're, they have a losing record, but they're second in the NL East. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. So obviously, good. that division isn't, isn't very good. Um, I don't know. You know, they. And, you know more about the Braves than I do. It's it's funny. I play baseball a whole lot, but I I don't follow it as much. I know obviously they they Freddie Freeman he's gone, so I know that hurt him a whole lot. Uh, I was probably I would say I think it was over money. Um, yeah. They didn't want to you know pay him what he his age yeah. what his agent wanted or what he wanted. Uh, so I mean you know long season to go, and we'll talk about you know the long season here in a minute. Um, but still a long ways to go. So. They they still got some work to do for sure. Yeah, they got they definitely got some work to do. And the good thing about the Braves is they they started like this last year. And another positive thing looking forward is Ronald Acuna, Jr. He's by far the best player on the team. He's the guy who's going to be leading the franchise for ten more years, or possibly even more than that, maybe fifteen. And he's just now coming back at the start of May. He started playing ball off his torn ACL. He tore last year in July. So he's back. He's starting to get into the groove of things. And I think a thing they're going to need to be successful going on later this year, they need to get another quality starting pitcher. Right now they got Max Freed. He's an ace, but they got to get another guy. I know they got Charlie Morton, but he's been struggling. So I think they need to get another solid arm for the starting bullpen. But we'll hit on them, you know, as their season continues, we'll kind of hit on them maybe every episode, you know, not every episode, but we'll try to hit on them, you know, going forward. But our next topic when it comes to baseball is college baseball. And no, we're not going to hit on Alabama. I know that's everybody thinks that's all we talk about. But we're going to hit on the number one team in the country for college baseball, Tennessee. What do you think about Tennessee? Do you like their chances? I mean, I love their chances. I mean, they're 42-6. and six. Um, Overall, they're 20-4 and four in the SEC. Now, one of those SEC losses is to Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Tide. Uh, so we, at least we got them one loss. But, no, they're doing a great job, um, a great overall team. You know, the little bit I've kept up. It's so hard to keep up with baseball because there are so many, you know, yes, games man. going on at weird, you know, in the middle of the day when you're working. But, um, I, I mean, they have just as good a chance. They probably have the best chance, I would say. Um, so shout out, Brady, if you listen. We're giving a shout out to your boys. Um, so I, I think they have a great chance. Yeah, they got a good chance. And, you know, I think about Tennessee, they got this kid. Have you seen the clips of the kid that's throwing like 104, 105 miles an hour? How in the world? You know, it used to be breaking news that Aroldis Chapman was hitting, you know, 100 on the radar, you know, or Jacob DeGrom's throwing 100 in the MLB. But now you got kids in college throwing 104, 105. It's absolutely insane. It can't be good for their arm. What do you can? It's not on our list, but what do you contribute these kids being able to throw faster than ever before? I think, I mean, in any sport, kids start way younger. Yeah, nowadays that's true. So I think that they have more time to to train and get stronger and really kind of refine their skill and their technique and 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 there's all there's way more science now. Uh, than there was, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago that kind of kind of can help an athlete. Hey, this if you throw this way, it, 
you know, you get more velocity if you, it's just all, all kind of things. And so, I mean, he is a closer. I can't imagine him being a starting pitcher and throwing that hard for several innings. Um, but, you know, I mean, 105 miles an hour, that's pretty much, you have to pretty much be swinging when the ball comes out of his hand. <laughs> like the second it leaves his fingertips, start swinging and just hope it's a strike and you hit it. Um, but no, I mean, that's insane. I've never, I mean, I, that's the fastest in college history. I think that might be even in the pros. I don't know what the fastest. I tried to yeah, look today. I, the fastest that I saw was like 105.2 maybe or something, maybe 104. Um, whatever it is, that's an insane amount of speed for, for whether it's pros or college. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how he continue. I think he's only a junior, so – um, still has one more year unless he decides to leave this year. He's been getting a lot of hype, so he might decide to enter the draft this year. But, you know, we talk about baseball a lot, and I was looking up today in America the number one or the top five sports or whatever, um, and obviously it's no surprise football is number one. Yeah. Number one. Now, baseball is number two um, according to the, you know what I, the chart I saw, but it's like way behind football. It's like it's not even close. I mean, I have my opinions of why I think that is, but why Why do you think people aren't as interested in baseball as they used to be? And real quick, sorry, Heath, before I, uh, we're sitting here watching the game, like we told you, Missouri just beat Alabama's softball team three to nothing. I think this is the SEC tournament, isn't yep, it? Yeah, good up, second round. Good upset by Missouri uh, right there. So Missouri won three to nothing. Hopefully, Alabama, you can get it together. But uh, anyway, sorry. Still, your thunder, Heath. But anyway, what? Why do you think people aren't as interested in baseball as they used to be? Well, I'm glad you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm glad you asked me that question and you let me hit on that first. Because honestly, to me, it's got to be the length of the games and how much play is actually happening. So, you know, in football, you got timeouts, you got all that. You know, they do commercial breaks pretty much every other possession. But in baseball, you know, they do commercial breaks through each inning. And then it goes maybe, you know, a guy bats and then the coach gets mad at the pitcher and he yanks the pitcher. And then it's another three-minute break. And then in between pitches, it's 20 to 30 seconds. And so there's always just this dead time in the games last so long. I'm talking four, four-and-a-half-hour games, and it's hard to watch. I mean, it's hard to watch it something for four-and-a-half hours straight, especially if it's not constant action-packed. And I know that's why football – and I know – the poll you said has baseball as second, but to me, I think baseball is third behind basketball. That's what I was thinking. Because yeah. I love watching basketball. It's action-packed. It's back and forth the whole time. And another thing, I know you're going to hit on this probably, but to me, there's way too many games. A hundred and – is it 60? 162? 162, I think. 162 games is way too many games. To me, one of their most successful seasons was when COVID hit and they only could play 60 games. I watched – I kept up with it pretty much the whole 60 games because, you know, every series meant something because you couldn't lose. Like, look, the Braves are 15 and 17. What is that? I'm not a math whiz. What is that? 32. That's 32 games. And, I, I mean, it doesn't even matter because you still got 130 games ahead. So, I think the length of the season, I think they should trim it down to like 108 or something. And then find a way. I've seen things like putting a timer on these pitchers that they got a certain amount of time between pitches, maybe something like that. But I think that's what it is, the length of the games and the length of the season. Yeah, you know, I played baseball or some form of ball, whether it's baseball or, you know, now we mentioned last week we're playing softball. My whole – from the time I was four years old, and I'm 28. So 24 years I've been either playing baseball or softball. Um, and – so you would think if anybody wants to watch it, I would be one of the people that want to watch it because I love playing it. It's fun. Yeah. I don't like watching the games. No, I know. I mean, it's my I, least. I've, I've been to a game just to get the experience, but you know that's fun. But sitting and watching it on TV, it's just like you said. It's not like even in football. If they run a play, like maybe they just, it's just a handoff. They just hand it off. He gets stuffed up the middle. Somebody's still getting hit. Yeah. You know, somebody's still. The, everybody's involved in a run play, whether it's the safeties or def, uh, wide receivers blocking the corners, tight ends, offensive line, pretty much even the quarterback. He hands it off, doesn't do much, but he's still – everybody's involved. In baseball, unless there's a hit, it's really just 
pitch and catch yeah. until even if the guy swings and misses, it's just pitch and catch until they make contact. And even then, whoever he hits it to is really the only one involved unless he's, you know, it's a gap or, you know, outfielders are running after it. But it really is just a slow game. Uh, so I, I don't know. And like you said, the length, uh, the length of the season. So football, one of the reasons is because it's one game a week. So yeah. whether you're an NFL fan, college fan, your team plays, and then you have one week of building up hype, getting excited, arguing with arguing other people, yeah. with the other oh, teams' yeah. fan bases of, and waiting for that game, and then that game's played, and then you have another week, and then you obviously you get to the playoffs, and it's like you got to wait two or three weeks, then the national championships like a month later or whatever. Um, so it, it's it's there's just. Obviously, you can't play as many football games because of the physical toll, but still, you know, baseball games is like you have several games a week. Yeah. One game could be like on a Tuesday at one thirty in the afternoon when everybody's working. So it's like it's just really hard to keep up with. They definitely have to do something, whether it's shorten the season or, I mean, get fans involved somehow. You got to build some excitement, but I don't know. I'm not a – I'm not the – Commissioner, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, if I was, they might be incorporating some of that banana ball stuff, <laughs> right? And it's I like watching baseball in person. Yeah, I think we're both more talking about it on TV. Yeah. like this weekend, I'm going to watch my brother. Shout out to uh, my brother Hunter. They're playing in the playoffs this year in uh, Alabama JUCO. So wish them best of luck. I'll be going up there to watch them this weekend playing the playoffs. Hopefully, they do good. But we're more talking about on TV, and like you said, they got to do something. Hopefully, you know, they make the necessary changes to get more involvement because, you know, there there's a lot of polls out there that pretty much people that watch baseball are old people, old older. I shouldn't say old, older yeah, older, people like in the newer generation. Forty is, and up, maybe. Yeah, forty and up, and the newer generation is more going towards, you know, basketball and football. Yeah. Of course, you know, football is king. And, right. and now, I will say a lot of that has to do with the world we live in, like. Uh, not not kids, but like, you know, upper thirties, lower thirties to below. It's a we want it now. You yeah. know, we want that. We're impatient. Oh, absolutely. Um, just because you know whether it's technology or whatever you want to uh, blame it on, we're an impatient people, so we don't want to sit around and watch a very slow, methodical game. You know, we want action. Even in basketball, if they're missing. You know, even if they're missing every single shot, they're still running up and down the court every single play. Yeah. Um. So that has a lot to do with it. Um. But something's got to change for sure. Yeah. And so we'll move on. You know, we hit about baseball, and so our next topic is the NIL. We pretty much talk about this every week. And the first thing I want to ask you, and then there's something on here that it kind of broke earlier this week that I want to hit on. We'll just hit on it first, then we can roll into our questions. Louisville's head coach, have you seen this about Louisville's head coach? He comes out with this claim saying that Alabama tampered with the receiver. What's his Tyler Harrell. Tyler, yeah. Tyler Harrell that we got. He said Nick Saban tampered to get him, basically meaning that they did it illegally. They paid the guy money before. They went to Louisville before he was even in the transfer portal and all that. And he makes these claims. Nick Saban comes out and says there was no tampering. He's saying none of his players have been tampered with. He has not done any tampering. What do you think about this? I, listen, and I know it looks very fishy that Alabama gets all these good players. Yeah. I understand. I would be frustrated if I wasn't an Alabama fan. What do you have to say about these claims that were made? Is there any validity behind them or anything? I don't know. I mean, I don't think Alabama has to tamper to get top players. I agree, yeah. Um, now, I don't know what the rules are like – because in the in the world we live in, Facebook, Instagram, and those are really kind of falling behind. Twitter is really kind of I would think is the king of social media right now. Yeah, we need to get um, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually have Twitter now. I downloaded one like two or three weeks ago to keep up with sports stuff. I had but, a Twitter in high school. I haven't got on it since high school. I sorry about sorry about this, everybody. I need to get back on it. Go ahead. Um, but so I don't know what the rule is with coaches tampering, but players. They tweet out – I mean, they could – I don't know if a player tweeted out to somebody or messaged somebody, hey, man, we could use you here or, or, or something. Because, you know, guys probably do that. I think, players probably do that. I think you can do that. I, I don't – I mean, I would think yeah. a, a player could do it and not 
No, I'm not saying Alabama did this, but I'm I'm also wouldn't be surprised if it did happen. I mean, I'm sure other teams do it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, until there's some hard evidence, like I said, I don't think Alabama has to tamper to get top players. But um, so who knows? You know, NIL. We talked. We're talking about. Um, and just to hit on what it is again, because my wife asked me after the last episode what it was because she didn't remember. Um, name, image, and likeness. Pretty much, the players can get paid now. Not for doing nothing. I mean, they have to, like, whether it's, hey, come to my car dealership and take a picture. We'll give you a car, and you have to, you know, kind of advertise for our dealership or something, you know, something like along those lines. Yeah, and pretty much me and my father-in-law, Mr. Jeff, we were kind of hitting on it this week. What it was supposed to be is the reason it's called the name, image, and likeness. All people my age and younger, maybe a little older, College football on these video games, Xbox, PlayStation, it used to be a huge thing. NCAA, yeah. you know, football, whatever year. But they stopped doing it because these kids were saying, listen, you got these players on here that are us, basically, but you don't have our names on there, and we're not getting any money off it. You're making millions and billions of dollars on this game, but we're not getting any money off of it. So they stopped making them, and then they came up with this name, image, and likeness, you know. And that's kind of where it was supposed to take off, but it has gotten totally crazy. I don't think there's any validity behind what this guy was saying, but we'll wait and hit on it a little later and see if anything comes of it. But our first question really is, how will this NIL and transfer portal affect, this is a two-parter, affect high school recruiting as far as kids in high school? And then how will it affect you saying, listen, we're not recruiting you because we got another college kid transferring in. So that's kind of a two-parter. Hit it how you want. Um, I think the NIL will affect recruiting more than the portal uh, because I think the portal is limited on how many players you can get in the – I think. I think you can get I, as many players as you want, but you have to have the scholarships, the scholarships available. Okay, maybe that's what yeah. I'm – Okay. Um, because, you know, some of these teams, I think USC or whatever, I was reading an article. I I want to say they signed like 15. Oh, they got a ton. In the portal. Half Oklahoma's team. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah. yeah, if anybody should be mad, it should be Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, my gosh. Um, but anyway, uh, I think because the portal, let's just talk about Alabama because, you know, we're Alabama fans, so I just want to be specific to, to this team to make it easier. If you're coming to Alabama as a transfer, well, if they're wanting you to come to Alabama as a transfer, you're not staying more than probably two years. More, a lot of you might be one and done. Now, Henry Toa Toa, excuse me, he's there for a second year. I mean, but honestly, we have Burton. He could be a one and done. Yeah, he will. Harold, he could be a one and done. Yeah. If if he's going to be a deep threat like Jamo was. Gibbs, I'm pretty positive he, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a one and done. Eli Ricks, for sure. Uh, Eli Ricks, he's going to be a one and done. So that's four guys they got in the portal. That's they're just basically borrowing them for a year to to go back and to go to the NFL because I mean I don't think it's going to affect that much because honestly the reason they're getting these guys is because they don't they need depth or they don't have the talent. Maybe not the talent, but they don't have the the, the the guys at the position that they want. So wide receivers really weak for us this year. Uh, so that's why they went out and got two, possibly three, if Addison comes. But let me ask you this: You say that, but let me ask you this because I've talked to about somebody. I talked with it about some. I've talked about this with somebody this week. Sorry, I'm stumbling. Would do you think it will affect how Alabama recruits going forward? Let me and let me explain because. If Alabama wouldn't have brought Jamar Gibbs in to be the running back this year, Trey Sanders and Jace McQuillan was in line to be the starting running back. And obviously, the reason they brought Gibbs in is because they needed to improve at that position. They felt like that. But Trey Sanders has put in his time. So has McQuillan. Yeah. And it's obviously their time because when they were getting recruited, they didn't think that Gibbs was going to be there. It's same with the receivers as far as Ja'Cory Brooks, all these other guys, Christian Leary, you know, these guys didn't think that Bama was going to go out and get multiple receivers. Obviously, it's kind of their fault because they're not good enough, so Bama does have to go get these guys. But do you think these kids will eventually say, 
I'm not coming to y'all because when it's my time in line to play, all you're going to do is get another good kid from another school to replace me. I don't think so because I think the portal will have the same effect both ways as far as players leaving. Players leaving. So you bring two receivers in, well, guess what? Probably three or four are gone. And Alabama did, you know, Satfield from Louisville can say all he wants, but Alabama did have, I think, the most players after Oklahoma. But Bama had like 10 or 11 players leave the transfer portal. Yeah. Go so ahead. so yeah, they are bringing some players in, but they're having more players than they're bringing in going out is in the portal. Uh, so I don't think it affects it. Like I said, if you're a high school kid, you, you know more than likely it's going to be very hard for you to come into a place like Alabama and start immediately. Yeah. So you're going to have to wait a year or two at the least. Mostly, I mean, there's some cases obviously, um, but you're going to have to wait a year or two anyways, and. Like we said, in a year or two, can you imagine the amount of uh, – a place like Alabama, in two years, the number of players that are going to leave and the portal. Um, and like I said, and Alabama's not trying to – they're not using the portal as their recruitment. It's not like, oh, we're going to forget high school. We're not trying to build a team, their whole team, with the portal. They're just trying to fill in, hey, we got a really good team. We, we have some solid players that we feel good about, but we're weak in this area. So – for a one-year thing, two-year thing, let's get, you know, to Beats. make our team really solid. Yeah, so pretty much you don't think it'll affect – I think it will a little bit, but I'm more with you about I don't really think it will. And our last question really on this topic, will the NIL, as far as like giving money and stuff, will it make its way into high school sports? Absolutely. And actually already has. I, I um, agree. The um, – and, and on the way over here, I was trying to research and make sure I had my my facts straight. So this was actually over a month ago, April 7th of this year. The Louisiana High School, this is on AL.com, the Louisiana High School Athletic Association voted Thursday to approve a positioning statement for its bylaws that will allow high school student athletes to receive NIL benefits in certain instances. Now, I don't know what those certain instances are. But wow. this is what I heard. High school players can now get paid. Um, and that's – man, I, 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 I hate that. I really do because high schools already recruit. You know, we see it around, you know, in Mobile. Um, high school football is huge. Um, so high schools rec- – well, private schools, I should say, because um, I don't know. I mean, even some public schools because they say, hey, well – pay for you to come live in this district so that you can go to our school and play football. So just imagine if Alabama hadn't passed it yet, but imagine if Alabama says, hey, you know, and I pay players can now get – and we're not – you know, we're talking about football mainly, but I mean basketball players, well, baseball players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it already has in Louisiana. So hopefully Alabama could hold off because I, I, don't, I don't want it to come to high school. I hope it doesn't, but absolutely, I'm with you. It, it's going to happen. And I will say, I've been out of high school for six, seven years, six or seven years. But I – maybe eight, it was eight years. Eight, eight years, actually, I've been out of high school. But I know for a fact that – and I'm not going to say the school because I don't want – I'm not trying to do all that. But I know for a fact that people were getting moved from a different city to a public school. This is public school playing – paying – families to relocate you and putting you up in a hotel to play baseball. I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about baseball. I'm going to whisper to Steven. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact. Steven knows exactly what I'm talking about. Depending on how good our mic is. Yeah, it may have picked it up. I'm sorry. But they were taking players from Birmingham, Alabama, and putting them down, down south to play. And they won like three or four straight state titles when I was back we, in school. When I played at Faith Academy, we, we played against Vantage Four. We probably went up against a few of those guys. <laughs> that one had two guys throwing like 95 miles an hour. Yeah, so it was already happening, but now it's basically legal. It used to not be legal. You know, you couldn't do that stuff. But, you know, that that's pretty much all we're going to hit on with the NIL. Listen, we we love college sports the way they are. You know, I understand that these kids – get profited on, you know, obviously these schools profit from these kids. So, well, there's also the argument, you can see both ways. There's there's the argument of they're getting a college education, 
or free. Yeah. There's also the argument of, uh, I mean, I, I didn't go to college on a, a full ride or, or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure those players and football players, baseball players, so they have like a, what is it, like their own cafeteria and, and that type of stuff that they can get food. Yeah, they got their anytime, own cafeteria. Almost any time they want. It's not like they it's got their like, own, they got their own people to tutor them. Yeah, it's not and like help them with homework. And it's instead. not like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches either. It's good. It's food, man. It's good. It's probably better than I eat. And I'm a full time working employee. <laughs> yeah, grown man pays for his own food. But yeah, so these kids, you know, they have it good. But that that's the that's where we're at right now in college sports. And and I think that. A lot of people are looking to change it, so we'll see about it going forward. But we're going to go to our last topic of the night, kind of maybe a quicker episode tonight. This is a really exciting topic. I wish you could see Steven just did a fist pump in the air. We're excited about this. We're going to start at five and work our way up to the number one QB of the Nick Saban air. Steven's glancing Bama. at my Bama Nick Saban air. Okay, yes, Bama Nick Saban air. Steven's gla- glancing at my list over here. Don't be cheating now. But I'm going to start with you. I want you to hit on who – start with number five. Tell me your quarterback. Uh, well, I want to preface this real quick. We didn't really – we said top five Alabama quarterbacks of the Saban era. We didn't – this isn't who had the best season. This isn't who had the most national championships. This isn't – Who we like. Who this had the best like. career. Yeah. This is just, in our opinion, who has been the best five quarterbacks at Alabama since Nick Saban – has been the head coach. And just real quick, let's run through them. So, John Parker Wilson started. Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy. A.J. A.J. McCarron. McCarron. It was, it was, was it Cooper Bateman started like one game. Cooper Bateman, Blake Sims. Uh, no, it was Blake no, no, Sims. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, after after A.J., it was Blake Sims. Blake Sims. Then Cooper Bateman. Cooper Bateman. Jake Coker. Jake Coker. And then Blake it Barnett. Was Blake like Barnett. Two, two plays, maybe. <laughs> two plays. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Two, uh, uh Mac. Bryce. Where we're at now. Okay. Bryce Young. So. so starting at number five, give me your fifth quarterback of the Saban era. My fifth quarterback of the Saban era goes to my boy Jalen Hurts. Um just because he was a two so he was a two year starter. Um in those two years uh so we had actually I think I even did it over his whole career at Alabama. He was at Alabama for three years, started for two. He had 5,626 passing yards, 48 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. And then I also included his rushing yards because he ran a lot. He was a runner. 1,991 rushing yards and 23 touchdowns. He's my number five guy just because, I mean, he's better than, you know, no hate. I don't hate on Greg McElroy, but he was better than, you know, Greg McElroy. But – he just didn't develop as a passer. Yeah. Now he was an athlete. He could run. He could even, you know, when when Tua was a star and they put Jalen in for some gimmick plays. I, I remember him catching a pass uh, one game against I think it was Missouri. Um, but anyway, so he could run. He could he could run the quarterback draw, quarterback power, read option, all that stuff. Um, and in Lane Kiffin's offense, where it's all deception and you know, Scorpio. fake here, fake here, and then the guy's wide open over here, hit him. He could do that. And, I mean, there were times that he made some really good throws, but he just didn't consistently make the throws and develop as a passer. Um, but I love Jalen. I I was so happy that he did well at Oklahoma and that he's, you know, in the NFL starting, and I hope he has a great season. But he's my number five guy uh, right now. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely right there with you. We, like we say it every week. We did not go over these lists together, but I I got Jalen Hurts at number five too. Pretty much, you you hit the nail on the head. Listen, Jalen, he's not the best passer in the world. He's starting in the NFL right now for the Eagles. He's not very accurate, but what he does, he does well. He's a really good leader. He runs the ball really well. He had 23 rushing touchdowns at his career at Alabama. He had a 48 touchdown to 12 pick ratio through his starting career. Just this is just at Alabama. We're not putting into what he did at Oklahoma. This is strictly at Alabama. He was the 2016 SEC Player of the Year, so that's impressive. He led Alabama his freshman year to the national championship, and they lost to Clemson because of Deshaun Watson's just straight greatness. Yeah, you know they should have won that game. And then his sophomore year, they led to the uh, he led him to the national championship. 
He got benched at halftime for Tua, and everybody knows about that great halftime comeback. Yeah. Second and 26 against Georgia. You know, they would have lost that game if Jalen Hurts would have remained their starting quarterback. Yeah. So I, I kind of hold that against him. But I got him at five, and then – I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to hit four so you don't get to go in front of me and steal my picks every time. <laughs> At number four, I got local Mobile Boy, A.J. McCarron AJ. from St. Paul's, local guy. I got him at number four in the saving air. And, you know, he is probably the only of these five that I got that was old school Nick Saban offense. Run, run, run. Play action, deep shot to Amari. I miss that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. But his ratio was 77 touchdowns, 15 picks. Why well, I got him at four ahead of Jalen. Jalen is more talented than A.J. clearly. But A.J. led Alabama to two national championships as a starter. And you cannot take that away from him. He actually won three when he went there. But as a starter, he had two. He beat Notre Dame and then... LSU. Didn't he beat LSU? Yeah, yeah LSU, LSU in the repeat. Sophomore year. Yeah, in the sophomore year when he – yeah. And he's Alabama's all-time leading passer. Don't know if you knew that, but he's Alabama's all-time leading passer strictly because he was the starter for so many years. Because, I mean, he was a starter as a sophomore, three years, yeah. junior, and, yeah, senior year. And he played a little bit as his freshman. So, yeah. I got him at number four. What about you? I have Bryce Young only because he's only played – one year now, I'm I'm gonna be kind of contradicting myself because somebody <laughs> higher on my list has only played one, started one year. But anyway, Bryce only started one year, but I mean, forty eight hundred, four thousand eight hundred and seventy two yards in one year, forty seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. Okay. Um, I, he's obviously great and behind that offensive line. So, yeah. I mean, after this year, he's definitely gonna jump up. He might be. He might be number one. I don't know. Yeah, we weren't projecting. Yeah, no, these this lists. isn't projections. This, this is, is based off right of now. what they've done yeah. or what they did or have done so far at Alabama. Um, he has a lot to work on. You know, a lot of times last year he he relied on his uh, legs too much. He he would just run around instead of getting rid of it. That's a, a lot of athletic quarterbacks, you know, instead of just, hey, just check it down, throw it out of bounds, go down, take your loss. But sometimes – but sometimes he would he have a running lane and wouldn't take it and wouldn't take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, he still got a lot to learn. Sometimes I'm like, dude, just check it down and let our athletes do their job. Yeah. Don't you're not big. You're. I mean, they have him listed at six foot. I'd be surprised if he's over five ten. He might be five nine. I don't know. Five but um, <laughs> so it's it, this next year. Check it down. Pull a Peyton Manning. If you're about to get sacked, just fall to the ground because we can't afford you to get hurt. No, but uh, no. anyway, so he's my number four guy uh, just because of, you know, one year starting. So we'll see what he does next year. He'll definitely jump up next year. Yeah, no, that's a great fourth. And go ahead and tell us your number three because I already three, hit on my number four. Yeah, so my number three was your number four. I AJ, think maybe we yeah. we might have swapped. I don't know. Um, my number three is A.J. McCarron. Like you said, three-year starter, Alabama's all-time leading uh, yards uh, passer, 9,019 passing yards in his career at Alabama, 77 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, two national championships as the starter. Um, and he's, you know, like you said, old school. I mean, he literally, Alabama would run a 13-play drive and run the ball 13 plays, yeah. and the other team knew what you were doing, and they could not stop it. Sometimes I miss that, especially when you're trying to ice a game. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, it's also a knock on – not a knock on A.J., but what hurts him is that era of football that he played in. Um, because, I mean, look, if A.J. McCarron has Sark or you know some of these coordinators that like to spread it out. Didn't he get lane towards the end of his career? I don't think he – With think, Amari Cooper? Was that not Lane? I think Blake. I think Lane came in when Blake. No, maybe he. Well, we started. He started throwing the ball a lot more his senior year yeah, to Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but anyway, I can't. But anyway, if if he would have had some of these other, if he would have been in today's college football in, in today's Alabama, um, for one, he might not have been there three years because he might have been putting up some ridiculous numbers. But if he was, he'd have went well over ten thousand yards. Um, so. He he's my number three guy mainly because he was hurt by the era that he played in. Still a great quarterback, great Alabama quarterback, great college quarterback. Um, so that's my number three. 
Yeah, my number three, we flipped him. My number three is Bryce Young. And like I said, we're not projecting anything. Obviously, Bryce Young can win the Heisman this year. If he wins the Heisman this year and then leads Alabama to a national championship, he's definitely sliding up my list for sure. But like you said, he won the Heisman. That's insane. He had a 47 touchdown to seven interception ratio. He got beat in the national championship. If he would have won the national championship this year, I would have slid him up to number two. Yeah. But he listen, he lost in that lost in the national championship. He struggled against he had a couple games that he struggled. LSU struggled a little bit. Depleted LSU team. Yeah, a depleted LSU team. Against Auburn, we got shut out through three quarters. Yeah. Struggled that game. Now, he dominated Georgia in the SEC Championship. But in the National Championship, struggled for a little bit that game too. That's why I didn't have him higher on my list. But I think the ceiling is – he's got a great ceiling. I think he could slide up this list. He is shorter. I think he'll struggle in the NFL. But as far as college – and he's going to have some weapons this year, so I think he'll do good. And then I'll hit on number two. My number two is Tua Tungavailoa. I love Tua, the lefty specialist. My biggest knock against Tua, why I couldn't have him higher, he never won the he never won the national championship. Well, take that back. He beat Georgia in that one half, but as a starter, a true starter through the whole season, he never won the national championship. And to me, it's strictly – because he could not stay healthy. Nobody can tell me. I'm sorry, Matt. Matt Mueller, if you're listening. I'm sorry. That's Hannah's boyfriend. He's a big LSU fan. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, Alabama would have beat LSU during LSU's national championship year if Tua had not hurt his ankle. I mean, he, on a bummed ankle, the a, dude put up 41. Yeah. On a bummed ankle, he threw over 400 yards. Yeah. And five <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. So, if he's healthy, I think they win that championship that year. He had an 87 touchdown, 11 pick ratio. Listen, he had the greatest comeback in Alabama history with the comeback against Georgia I already hit on. He won three awards in 2018. He was also a Heisman finalist. Like I said, Bryce Young was a Heisman winner. I think he should have beat A.J. McCarron. I didn't say this, but A.J. McCarron was a Heisman finalist, and Jalen Hurts was a Heisman finalist. Yep. So, all these guys have been Heisman finalists. What would you say? But uh, He should have beat Kyler. Yeah. He, oh, I for sure in 2018 he should have won. I'm pretty sure all of his stats were better. Yeah, I think he should have won. Hey, who? Eh, but okay. and the reason I don't have two in number one, kind of the same with Bryce, he he struggled in the big game, and you could say that against Clemson in the national championship, he was not very good. And then he injuries and he could never stay healthy, so that's why I got him at two. So the bottom three were easy for me. The top two, like my notes. Before I finalize this, I was literally flip-flopping. I flip-flopped these guys like five times. So I hate saying this is my two guy. This is my 1B guy. So my 1B is Mac Jones. Uh, And like I said, I could easily have him as a top guy. Mac Jones, um, one-year starter, 56 touchdowns and seven interceptions over his career at Alabama, 6,126 passing yards. Uh, one national championship. Even when Tua got hurt the year before he became the starter, he looked he looked oh, good. He looked he looked good. I now he threw two pick sixes versus Auburn, but one of them his fault. One of them was a fluke. Yeah. Bounced off the guy's bag, landed in the defender's hands, and he took it back hundred yards for a pick six. Anyway, um, and thinking about that season, I don't think there was any game that Mac Jones struggled. Zero. I don't. He struggled in absolutely no game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to flip them in the middle <laughs> of this show. No! I'm going to flip them in the middle of my show. No! Mac Jones is number one now. I'll give you my number two in a second. <laughs> but look, <laughs> Mac, just, because he didn't struggle. He he is not the perfect college quarterback, but like we talked about, these athletic guys, they want to run around. They want to make something happen. A lot of times they can, but a lot of times they get a 20-yard loss. They they throw an b- interception. They fumble the ball. They get hurt. Mac knows. Now, he's not – a lot of people compare him to Tom Brady and moving around. He's not – he's more athletic than Tom Brady. Wait, but yeah, um, he's not He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not uh, a Bryce Young. So – he knows his limitations. He's not going to run around for 30 yards. He's going to dunk it down. If I don't get the first down, guess what? We're going to punt. My defense is going to do their job. I'll get the ball back. But he's going to throw the ball away when he thinks to throw the ball away. He's going to make the right read. 
Um, he's gonna make the right. He's gonna read. make the right read. And so I'm I'm jumping him up to number one. I, well, I had him as one B, so that's one B. So my number one is Mac Jones. And let me just break this down. I think he had the greatest season for a quarterback in college football history. Listen, well, let's just put it. You got to throw in everything. COVID. That was the year of COVID. You know what? He kept his team. He was a great leader. He never had a bad game. I can't remember. He threw one critical pick against Florida in the SEC Championship. But guess what? The same play, Mechie blew the guy up and we got the ball right yeah. back. The other interceptions were like – The other interceptions wasn't even his fault. Flukes. Or yeah, just flukes or something. And guess what? And he had – I'm talking about big-time games. Against Florida in the SEC Championship, it was bad. You know, Florida would score. Here comes Bama. Boom, boom. Against Ohio State National Championship, we'll be scoring like six straight drives to start the game. And if Devontae like Smith that. wouldn't have got hurt, Mac Jones probably been throwing for like six or 700 yards. I mean, I'm not even yeah. joking. But he had a 41 touchdown to four-pick ratio. His, you know, one year of starting, he won the National Championship. And I'm big about that. You got to finish it off with the National Championship. Uh, he came in second in uh, Heisman, Heisman Trophy to Devontae, Smith, Devontae Smith, his receiver, yeah. you know, which was well-deserved. He is number two all-time in the history of college football in passer efficiency rating. So that basically tells me, and like you said, Alabama has tremendous athletes. And guess what? You got to know how to hit them in stride so they don't have to break their stride and they can just keep running. And he did the best job out of any Alabama quarterback to me of hitting guys in their mid-run. Absolutely, they didn't have to stop or nothing. He did a great job. He's very accurate. And I think he could, out of all these, he's definitely going to be, I think he's going to be the best NFL quarterback. But I love the guy. I have him at number one. I know people may think it's crazy. I got him at number one. So, you, obviously, if you're listening to my list, you already know who my number 1A is. <laughs> I should say number two now. Anyway, I have him at 1A. Tua. Uh, you've already hit on 87 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. You know, didn't win a national championship as a full season starter. Obviously, his freshman year came in, and then everybody remembers it'll go down in history. Second and 26. Um, took a sack the play before, so he had more room to throw. Um, but, you know, two year starter, 7,442 yards. Um, he just, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen an Alabama quarterback. He just he he spins the ball so beautifully. And I I mean I I hate I hate the hate that he's it's the, getting. It's the lefty. It must be. I hate I don't know. Tebow's lefty. He had an ugly throw. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> but I hate and I, I'm not. I love Tebow. Absolutely love the guy. So I'm not knocking him. Good but question. but um, anyway, I hate the hate that he's getting in the NFL right now because they posted a video this week. And this went viral because people are yeah. ragging him because he underthrew Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He's getting strong. You can tell he's bigger. I think yeah. having that hip injury, yeah. he spent a year and a half of not really been able to rehab him. He didn't to practice. To not really yeah. be able to warm, you know, get his arm stronger or anything. But anyway, I th- he's, he just throws the ball so beautifully. He could – the way his feet are so quick to reposition himself in the pocket, he yeah. could elude pressure. He could run a little bit if you have to. His problem was just he didn't want to get down. Um, but so I don't think there'll be another quarterback that throws it like him at Alabama. Bryce Young can spin it, but I, I don't know. It's just something about watching too. It's just so pretty, so fast. His release is so short. So I have him as my 1A. Uh, depending on what Bryce does, who knows? He could jump up all the way to number one this year. Yeah, easy. And uh, we asked – uh, Steven's brother, Chase, he's my cousin. And Marquell, he's a good family friend. We asked him their top five list. Marquell had two at number one, Bryce two, Jalen Hurts three, Mac Jones slash AJ McCarron fourth, and Blake Sims. Oh, I love Blake Sims. That's a great one. Uh, he was, oh, Blake. He was, Blake, I, I, running back slash quarterback. I think he was the first quarterback under Lane Kiffin. I think. I think you're right. And then Chase had Bryce Young number one. Two and number two, Jalen three, Mac four, AJ five. I'm kind of surprised by these. Lit. Mac Jones, they have him very low. They they're haters. We won't have to talk to them. They're haters, Um, but they're haters. But the reason I wanted to say their list is because 
our next episode, I think we're going to hit what, – what are we going to do, receivers or running backs? Running backs? Ooh, running backs Let's do the top. Let's do the top five. Top five. It's going to be tough. But top five running backs of the Saban era. And the reason I brought that up is because if you're listening to this episode this week, I want you to email us or hit us up with questions telling us your top five running backs of the Saban era. Be hey. Yeah, we know you're listening. Yeah. Send us a list. Send us your list. We'll mention them. We'll mention them. I want the top five. It was a little bit longer episode than it was last week, but we had a lot of fun this week. I, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, yeah, hey, and even if you want to send us your list of top five Alabama quarterbacks, we'd like to, you know, we're in it. Yeah, we'll, hit, we'll, we'll tell you. We'll, we'll uh, touch, touch on them real fast. But, um, yeah, shoot us your uh, questions. Shoot us your list, and we'll try to mention them in the show next week. Yeah, and as uh, as we're closing, as the football season has kind of ended and we've kind of came to a dry period in sports, me and Steve is actually thinking about maybe going to every other week, you know, with an episode, and we'll do two weeks of content, and then. But as the sooner we get to football season, we'll ramp back up probably to once, you know, once a week, and then now if something crazy happens in the sports world, you know, we may do a you know emergency episode that week and get it out there and give our thoughts on it. But we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of this probably my favorite episode yeah, tonight. I enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of fun. But we really appreciate everybody for listening, taking time out of their day. Like I said, hit us up on social media. He Tillman. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Steven just said he got Twitter. Hit him up. Hey, we're gonna we'll get Heath on Twitter here in a minute. Yeah, get me on Twitter. I'm on tweet. They, hey, Trump's going back on Twitter. Is he? Yep, I saw that. Trump's going back on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we really appreciate it. Email us at timmonscornersportstalk at gmail.com. Go to our websites and our bios. We really appreciate everybody listening, and we look forward to talking to you soon.